Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to this Week in Rideshare podcast. I am your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, April 14th, 2023, and this week, AI changes wages, a win for drivers, and new features drop in New York City. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, I'm joined by Legal Rideshare's co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's a hot one here in Chicago. It's a hot, I'm actually out of town. I'm in the East Coast. I'm in Pennsylvania. It is hot here too. So it's a, it's a fiery, uh, fiery end of the week, it sounds like. We got a heat wave. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Speaking of heat wave, we've got a lot of heated, uh, heated topics today. Um, we're going to hit right into Monday here. And this is um, interesting. An Uber Eats driver tries to game the system. And this is from Business Insider. They reported, quote, the 56-year-old who drives an elderly Subaru uh, told the New York Times that he focuses on affluent parts of L.A., um, such as Pacific uh, Palisades, where high-value orders are most common. So what he does, according to the article, he says he recalls waiting in an alley next to dumpsters in these rich areas, waiting to nab orders. And, And one of the orders was for... $388. $388. One of the things he does say, though, is, so this is his trick. I, I He says he uh, waits for these high orders, literally in the alleyways. However, the $388 order tipped only $20, or about 5%. So again, this is a guy trying to you know make the best out of delivery. But as we know, Brian, people just, they don't tip. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we're seeing so many uh, customers just not kind of give back to the community here. There's drivers who are not getting paid enough by the companies. Um, Everybody knows that the companies are predatory. Um, If you were ordering from a restaurant directly, I I think there is much more of a custom and practice in tipping. Um, But for some reason, people are seeing delivery workers with Uber Eats and Grubhub and the like as dissimilar, and and they're not providing the same courtesy. Yeah, and he even mentioned in the article, and I was curious about this when I was reading about it, and again, this is where this this idea of having fair wages and fair and just fair livable wages for drivers and gig workers comes into play because what the article then mentioned is, okay, he can do this and sort of uh, wait for high orders because it's not his main income. He's doing other things. He, he's acting on the side. So for him, yeah, he can wait for the high orders. For a lot of other gig workers, they can't do that. They need to get the any order they can or as many as they can. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And I, I do like his strategy. I think he's he's smart in, in kind of gaming the system that way because a lot of drivers are not making uh, $20 tips on their work. But like you said, they're they're taking many more orders. So maybe in combination, uh, they're getting similar uh, tip outs. Um, but one thing that I would just kind of highlight here that's a little bit aside from what you said is I, I don't like the fact that we're talking about the customers having to make up for the wages that the rideshare companies and delivery companies are not paying their workers. So certainly we want to stress, like, tip your driver. Absolutely. Be a, a good, decent person. These, there's people working really hard to give you the convenience of the delivery. But in the same vein, there's companies that need to do what's fair as well. So we talk about this all the time. The wages that are currently being provided to these gig workers are are not livable. 
Um, so something needs to give, and, and hopefully the money comes from the billion-dollar companies in an increase in wages. Yeah, I totally agree. And like you said, we talk about this all the time. It, but it always, you know, shows its ugly face in most of these articles. They just need to better wages. I, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, let's head on into Tuesday. Uber stepping up to stop deadly battery fires. And this is from The Verge. They reported, quote, Uber says it will fund an e-bike buyback program for delivery workers in New York, basically in a bid to get fire-prone batteries off the street. This announcement comes amid a worrisome rise in e-bike fires in New York City that has resulted in at least a dozen deaths. Two children were killed just last night in Queens, in a fire that authorities said was the result of the exploding lithium-ion battery. Uh, scary stuff, Brian. And it, it it's definitely comes to mind is what happens to these e-bikes as they age, right? Yeah, it's scary. Uh, you know, the fact that these bikes are defective, as a, as a personal injury attorney, I have all sorts of things going through my head. I think that there's obvious liability in terms of the manufacturers of the uh, e-bikes. We, we would like to see what steps are being taken to recall um, and either repair or replace these bikes. Anybody who's been injured has a viable case. And certainly applause to Uber um, for, you know, trying to get them off the off the streets when they're not safe. I, I am a, a little curious here. I don't really have an answer as to why Uber is doing this because they're they're not generally the ones who step up <laughs> right, to, right. Um, for the public good. So, that, you know, I, I'm kind of scratching my head wondering what's in it for them. But I, I'm not going to oppose a measure that, um, you know, puts safer products into delivery drivers' uh, hands and allows for a safer environment for worker and community alike. I mean, you said it. Is it possible that they're concerned? I mean, you're a personal injury attorney. Are they are you think maybe they're concerned that some of these these deadly fires could end up in massive million multi million dollar lawsuits? Is that enough to make them do this? Yeah. That could certainly be it. Uh, you know, and if they think that they're uh, viable defendants, if they've got some sort of um, liability or, or responsibility for this defective product, then that could be motivation uh, to, to get them off the streets, of course. Uh, you know, but I'm not really sure um, what their liability would be. I'm, I, I don't know that Uber's manufacturing these things, um, but they may be part of the distribution chain. We'd have to look into to the contracts and to the, the products themselves. Right. Yeah. But, you know, good on Uber to at least step up ahead of time. Surprising, but good. Uh, we'll head off into yep. we'll head off into Wednesday here. This is pretty much every gig worker's worst nightmare and honestly, every worker's worst nightmare. Uh, Uber and Amazon are now using artificial intelligence to pay people with the same job, different wages. This is from Business Insider. They said that companies like Amazon and Uber have massive data sets on contract workers using their delivery or rideshare uh, platforms, including you know when they work, for how long, and what kind of pay they've taken for past jobs. The, these companies are then able to take this data, calculate the exact wage rates necessary to incentivize desired behaviors. So... Uh, as an example, they said these instances could take the form of a food delivery driver being offered a lower rate than another driver would have been because the AI algorithm predicted that the first driver would be more likely to accept that rate. If a driver tends to work until they hit a certain daily mark, let's say 100 bucks, then the algorithm might offer to offer them lower rates to keep the driver working longer. 
crazy, Brian. Crazy. Yeah, like you said, this is everybody's worst nightmare is that AI is being used against us. And I, I think this is just evidence of why there needs to be minimum wages and protections for drivers. Otherwise, it's really just a race to the bottom. Drivers competing against each other uh, for deliveries. Um, and and you know, when one driver is willing to take pennies on the dollar from another, it hurts everyone. Um, we really need to see a level playing field, um, you know, collective bargaining. I, you know, I know that term scares a lot of people, but drivers and gig workers need to work together collectively to ensure that nobody is being taken advantage of and that they're not just, like I said before, racing to the bottom uh, and, and taking far too little pay to make it worth their worth, worth their time. Yeah. It, you know, one of the first, I think maybe one of the first podcasts we have done, and this is sort of before um, AI was in such the news everywhere with chat GPT and all of that. That was always something I said was my concern, just like you brought up that if there isn't some sort of protections in place and they're just using AI, the companies can just argue and say, well, that is what the system is determining people will do. It's not our fault. They sort of can step away from the blame and that's where it gets scary because then they can say, well, you can't hold us accountable. It's just a mathematical system. And this is what people are willing to pay. Don't don't look at me. And that's scary. That's scary stuff. It is. And to, to claim that this is just the market working is to ignore labor laws. So like, yes, competition is good. Yes, we want the market to decide the price of certain things. But at a certain point, it becomes like involuntary, you know, slavery. Yeah. It's it's the, the if one driver outbids the other by a penny and then another one outbids that one by a penny and then another one outbids that one by a penny. All of a sudden we're talking about drivers working for literal sense. And it's just because, you know, there there is no system in place to ensure that there is a bottom to ensure that there is a floor to what the drivers are going to earn. So you know, this bidding against themselves doesn't help anyone. And that we've got now an algorithm to, um, you know, tell the companies how little a driver is willing to accept for a job. How is that good for the worker? How is that good for the the economy? It's certainly not good for our community. Hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how this this grows. But it's at least good there's some light being shed on it now before it gets too crazy. Uh, now, some some good news here. If we head into Thursday, it's a big win. For drivers in Washington State, this is from uh, KIRO7, they reported Uber and Lyft drivers in Washington State will be the first in the U.S. to get paid family and medical leave benefits. They said today is a landmark in the fight for worker rights nationwide. This is uh, said by Peter Kuhl from Drivers Union President. He said this in a release. He said Washington, Uber and Lyft drivers are the first to win the rights to paid family and medical leave. And now have the right to unemployment benefits, a lifeline at the height of COVID pandemic. Now it's enshrined in state law. So uh, on top of these benefits, the cost of a driver's premium for paid uh, family and medical leave will be fully paid by Uber and Lyft. And this will come online for drivers uh, in July of 2024. It's good news. Just like we just, just like you talk about, Brian, protections in place. There's a win here. Yeah, I love Washington. <laughs> they, they keep 
uh, delivering wins for the drivers. And they, they keep doing it right in the face of the, the biggest companies in transportation right now. Um, every time that they announce that they're going to do one of these, um, you know, take a step further to protect their workers, Uber and Lyft come in and say that we can't afford to do it or we're going to leave town or, you know, they just they whine, they threaten litigation. And then Washington does it anyway. Um, and mm-hmm. what we've seen is the companies don't leave. The workers have better access to uh, wages and protections and, you know, just basic worker rights. Um, so I, I just really am happy to see how this is progressing. And it really is a model for how other states can choose to act. You know, th- th- maybe you don't go as far as Washington has, maybe as maybe another state decides we want to do X instead of Y, but this is just a template for the fact that things can't get done and workers can't have access to benefits. Totally. Between Washington, Minnesota, and of course, New York has been you know cranking along. It's, there is hope out there and it's always good to see a, a big win like that. Uh, let's head into Friday. Speaking of New York City, New safety features from Uber are rolled out in New York City. This is from NBC4. They reported, quote, uh, starting this week, an in-app feature will allow drivers and riders to record audio during trips. Uber said this feature can be initiated either before or during the trip. And, of course, it's aimed to encourage safe and comfortable uh, interactions. It goes to explain the features and also says that it will plan to extend it to New Jersey by the end of 2023. Now, Brian, we've covered this exact same feature in other states. Interesting that it got got to New York City so late, though. Yeah, a lot of states and and cities are hesitant to allow this recording uh, to take place. And I I get the privacy considerations. I certainly understand people's arguments. But as we talked about before, it's my position that, that this is a valuable safety tool and that any privacy concern is greatly outweighed by the, the fact that it makes for safer rides, more accountability, uh, and, and it's likely to curb bad actors from acting badly. So my, my advice to people who have safety, uh, or I'm sorry, privacy concerns is act like you're in a public space. You act like you're on a bus. And if you wouldn't say something on the bus, don't say it in the Uber, um, and then you're gonna be just fine. Yeah, I think that's great advice. You you have mentioned that before, and I think that's really important to stress. It's it's a public space. And then, yeah, like you said, then there's no issue. Just treat it as such. Um, before we sign off for the, the weekend, Brian, I'll, I'll give you the floor to talk about legal Rideshare, and then we're off to the weekend. Yeah, uh, as we head into the weekend here, uh, people are going to be traveling about. We just want to remind you that legal Rideshare is available uh, should there be an accident that occurs. Um, our lawyers are well-versed in fighting with Uber, Lyft, and any other insurance company that we need to to get uh, medical bills paid, lost wages recovered, uh, pain and suffering, and, and any other damage that you may sustain in an accident. So please reach out to us uh, as soon as possible after a crash so that we can ensure that you're taking the steps that you need to to protect your rights. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bryant. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.